ETH Podcast COVID-19. Glad you're listening to the ETH Podcast. This is our special edition during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm your host, Jennifer Kakshori. One thing that unites us all right now, we don't know how long the lockdown is really going to take, and we also don't know what will happen to the economy in the future. While we can't really plan vacations or go to restaurants, shop and many other things we took for granted before, a recession seems almost unavoidable. On a larger scale, what's happening to the economy right now? Who is the most affected by the crisis and who might the beneficiaries of this crisis be? I'm talking to someone who has a lot on his desk these days and is sharing some of his thoughts with us now. Hi, I'm Jan Ekbert Sturm. I'm director of KOF Swiss Economic Institute and at the same time professor of applied macroeconomics at the ETH Zurich. You have loads of work right now. That probably also means, although like everyone, you're working from home. I assume you don't have cabin fever. <laughs> no, that's true. We, I, I work from home. Everything is fine here. But of course, the social contacts are somehow lacking. You're in touch with very many politicians and other economists near and far. What do you actually talk about? Well, obviously, the, the crisis itself. Uh, we, we're trying to discuss what the economic situation currently is like and also, of course, what the consequences can be from prolonging the current measures that are being at stake. And what are the biggest worries, yours and also the people that you're talking to? Well, the biggest worry is, first of all, do we have control over this pandemic? Can we control uh, the outspread of the virus? And then the second biggest worry is, uh, indeed, uh, what does all of this imply for the economy? And how long can we stay in a mode as we currently are in? So tourism, aviation, restaurants, cafes, these are obviously endangered businesses by the current situation. And who might be so-called losers we might not be thinking about right now? Is what, what we see are the people or the companies or the businesses which we don't normally go to. But of course, behind the scenes, there are many other suppliers. For instance, if we just think of the, of the flower shop around the corner, we think about the flower shop which is being closed, but we don't really think that much about the people delivering these flowers to these shops. They are, of course, also being confronted by these problems. This holds more in general. Most of the small, medium-sized enterprises do not have direct contact with consumers, so to speak, but they're basically in the B2B business. Yeah, they're producing something for other companies, which ultimately leads to something which is being sold to consumers. And all of them are being uh, affected by what's currently happening. On the website of the KOF, of the Institute of the ETH that you're the head of, you have three different scenarios for the possible recession that we might get into. Can you tell us which one of the scenarios is most likely to confront us? Well, back then, we basically published three different scenarios. One was an optimistic one, then there was the intermediate one, and there was a negative one. And from today's perspective, it looks most like it's a combination of the intermediate and the negative one. Some elements turn out to be worse than expected, but others do not appear to be that problematic. So it's, it's a sort of a combination. Then what does that mean concretely for us? 
Well, concretely, it means that um, we still assume that we're in a world in which we now need these strong measures, but there will be a time in which these strong measures will be lifted. Uh, that doesn't mean we go back to normal. We will actually move into a world in which there will still be the virus around. We still see local spreads reoccurring, so to speak. And in that sense, the economy will still be affected by all of this. So we will have a prolonged period in which uh, we don't grow as as we normally would. As an economist, you're used to making forecasts and now you talk about different scenarios. Why? Yeah, we, we, we normally indeed talk about forecasting activities, but this is not really a forecast anymore because it very, very much depends upon Uh, what the assumptions are regarding how the economy and the politicians deal with the pandemic. As we still don't know when we will move out of the current lockdown situation and go to an, a different environment. As long as that's not clear, we have to make an assumption about that. But obviously, that assumption might be incorrect. Hence, we therefore work with different scenarios and hence no longer the terminology prognosis or forecast. And are there differences internationally speaking? Um, well, actually, we see all around the world that we're in a unique situation. So most of us, most of us forecasters no longer talk about forecasts, but about scenarios. And we're actually trying to figure out what is currently happening with the economy. We all have anecdotes to tell. We all see what's happening around us. But it doesn't mean that we know in the aggregate what all of this implies, because normally we, we wait until that data is available. But now we don't have the time to wait. So we have to find other ways and methods and means to still get a good feeling for the current situation. And is that very stressful? Well, it's it's different than usual. Um, we're actually working all around the clock, so to speak, and in a different manner than we used to. Also, because of the restrictions, we're all working from home, like many others do, uh, but also the time pressure is a different one. We forecasters normally work with quarterly, sometimes monthly data, and now suddenly we're confronted with a situation in which we can't wait for months, we can't wait for a quarter to end. We actually have to work with weekly or even daily data. Yes, and that's that's new. And that actually is, an, is a challenge for many of us. It's quite clear then that there are going to be losers, so to say. Are there, on the other side, areas that will profit from the situation now? Well, you always have that. In every crisis, there are winners and losers. And in a crisis, normally the losers are more important than the winners. But also here, there are types of businesses which certainly flourish. Uh, the obvious one is the health sector, at least parts of the health sector, there's in increased demand. We all are uh, very much pleased to see that this is still working and we all admire these people working there at the moment. This is very good news, but it implies that they're in a sense winners. Maybe more Uh, Business-oriented, uh, we're all nowadays working through uh, apps which connect us with the rest of the world. People behind these apps, people behind these services, suddenly see an increase in demand of whatever they're delivering. So indeed, also in such a crisis like this one, there are people who gain. Do you have examples? Well, if, if if we go concrete, then then indeed uh, there are uh, in the retail statistics we see that those companies who specialize in toilet paper, the obvious one, they suddenly have high days. Yes, it, it's very clear. Yes, uh, also software which makes us interconnected. If you are a provider of a service around that, then suddenly you are being overwhelmed by telephone calls because everyone now suddenly needs your help to get this thing working decently. Yes, so we we see certainly there is also. Uh, types of jobs which suddenly are in higher demand than usual. 
it's a different topic in a sense, but how will teaching economics change after this phase that we're in right now? We've already seen that with the financial crisis. Yes, in the financial crisis, before the financial crisis, we hardly paid attention in macroeconomics, at least, to the role of the banking sector in transmitting, for instance, monetary policy aspects. Uh, that was being simplified a lot. Since the financial crisis, we are more careful in that respect because we have realized that there is a very important role to play for the banking sector, even in the Western world. Yes, this will be similar. Now we are going to learn that the health sector has a very important Important role to play, and some other aspects of the economy also should not be taken for for granted or should not be underestimated their importance at least. Thank you, Jan Ekbert Sturm, for joining us in the ETH podcast. I produced this episode together with Tiswachter's Audio Story Lab and sound designer Luki Fretz. My name is Jennifer Kakshori. Mm-hmm.